Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. We'll go ahead and get started. Well, why don't we go ahead and pray and get started tonight. Father, we just uh, lift up this family that lost this son who was at college and we lift them up, Lord. I can't even imagine how they're hurting and the feelings they have right now, Lord. We just lift them up and ask that the God of all comfort would comfort them and wrap their arms around them and be with them right this minute. We just lift up all of these guys and things they've been through and the places they've been and the things they've seen and done, Lord. We just know that you know all things, Lord, and you can heal all things and you can restore us and renew us and work in our lives and make us like you Lord so I pray tonight that you would just work mightily in our hearts that you would be glorified that you would speak through me Lord just get me out of the way and that you'd work mightily and do whatever it is you want to do in our hearts and we just give you all the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus name Amen. Amen Any chance I can get y'all guys to turn them things off? I was supposed to be here for this, not for phones. So, anyway, I'm Marty. For those of y'all don't know or don't remember, uh, probably seen a good many of you the last couple of times I've been here. Some faces I recognize and some I don't, but I'm Marty. And uh, my buddy Dale, he wasn't able to come tonight. He usually spends time with y'all and... And some of y'all and works with y'all and gets to talk to y'all a little bit at the end and he knows better about what y'all go through because he's been in the service himself. So unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know which it is. I was never in the service, but I do know the word of God and that's the only thing I know that can help any of us and all of us and whatever we're going through. The Bible says the word of God is sufficient for all things to bring us to for life and godliness. And it helps us to escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. And so each and every one of us, I hope and pray tonight that you'll be listening and hearing what's said tonight. We're going to talk about a very important section of Scripture. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to start looking in verse 7 tonight. And I'll just kind of catch some of y'all up to speed because I'm sure there's some of y'all that hadn't been here in the past and haven't heard. But John writes this book and he writes in 1 John 5, 13, he writes the purpose of the book. And he says, these things I've, have I written that you may know that you have eternal life. And to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. And so John is writing this book to these people who, a lot like our church today, have gotten way off the deep end. A lot of churches have just, you know, their statement of what they really believe might be one thing, but what they're really teaching is another story. And... At the time John was here, it, you know, John's writing this book and he writes this book as, a, as an old man. He's the only apostles left because the rest of them have been killed, martyred somehow, some sh- way, shape or form. And he had been, according to legend, that he had been boiled in oil 
And when he didn't die, they exiled him to the island of Patmos. And then sometime after that, he, he begins to pastor again. And he writes this book because he's a, a mender. He's trying to mend the church. He's trying to get it back to the place where it's supposed to be. And so he writes this book and he, he starts it out and begins to tell them, he says, that which was from the beginning, verse 1 of chapter 1, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifest and we've seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So John writes about that which was from the beginning. In other words, what you heard from the very beginning... From Jesus Christ, what you were taught, what you were heard, what was written. And I think it's Second Peter, he talks about that. He says, the things which you have heard by word, the things that you have read. You know, these are the things you need to remember. And that's what he's talking about right here. He's talking about that Jesus was real. And, and he kind of starts out wanting us to understand they had seen him, they'd heard him, they'd handled him, they touched him, they ate with him, they slept in the same place he slept. They were with him for three and a half years, right? And during this time, they knew he was real. Some people were trying to say Jesus wasn't real or he was a man and God inhabited him, but he went on the cross. He, he was just a man again and all kinds of crazy things. And there was these two groups of people and some people said, well, if you don't, don't you just withhold everything from your body eating and sleeping and anything good you know you about kill yourself from depriving your body that makes you spiritual and then some people said hey you know it doesn't matter because uh the flesh is evil and spirit's good so whatever feels good do it basically and so they said it doesn't matter what you do and they were trying to say that you could be saved and live any way you want to i was reading something a guy wrote today or put out there and uh what that's called is you know the bible says whoever believes has eternal life and eternal life is how long eternal right and and but he's trying to say this once saved always saved i, I like to call it the perseverance of the saints because the bible says right here in first john these things have i written that you may know that you have eternal life right you cannot lose what you didn't get to begin with. God says, I gave it to you as a gift. You're saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God, not a works, lest anyone should boast. And so if he gave it to us, he's not going to take away from us because he's God, right? And so he, he's trying to write that this once saved, always saved is what a lot of people say. But people want to say, well, I've been saved and now I can live any way I want to. Well, you know what that says to me? <laughs> You're lost as a goose. Because the Bible says, and John's going to tell us over and over and over again, if you're saved, there's three kinds of tests. There's the, the doctrinal test. Do you believe the right things? There's the uh, morality test. How do you behave? Do you keep his commandments? And then there's the test of the belief in Christ, you know, the spiritual test. Do you believe that Jesus came in the flesh? Do you believe that Jesus is God? Do you believe the right things about him? And so there's all these tests, the spiritual, the moral, and the, 
and the love test. Excuse me, the love test. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. He talks about this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness. In other words, Jesus is holy and perfect and pure and right and there is no evil in him, right? And so he goes on, he talks and check. These people begin to say, he says to these people, if we say, these, these sayers, they say, well, I'm saved, but I, I don't know, I don't have any sin. Or I used to do that, but I don't do it anymore. Or I've never sinned. You ever heard anybody say that? And that's kind of what they're saying. And the Bible tells us in John, he's going to say in 1 John, that sin is lawlessness. Where do we get most of our laws that they, they lock people up from? Straight from the Bible, right? They came out of the Bible. And, of course, they're changing all that now, trying to say right's wrong and wrong's right. But uh, that's a whole other story. And so he goes through these people that say, you know, we're saved, we're going to heaven, but, but they're not. Because why? Because they've not truly trusted Christ and their life doesn't demonstrate it. And so he looks at them and he talks to them and then he goes on and he says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. And then we have, and the, and the blood of Jesus Christ keeps on cleansing us from all unrighteousness. In other words, God is in us, and because he's in us, our lives have changed, right? And so he goes on in chapter 2, and he goes to talk about, what, now we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And that's in verse 4 of chapter 2. He says, he who says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. He keeps calling people liars in here, right? He says the truth's not in them. And then he keeps on talking about how the love of God is perfected in these people if they truly know Christ. We know that we know him because we love him and we do what? Keep his commandments. Amen. You know, Jesus said, why do you say you love me and you don't keep my commandments? And if we love him, we're going to keep his commandments. And I'll keep on saying, guys, it's not about perfection, but it's about direction it's about what is the habit of your life what do you want to do if you want to please God and that's what you try to do and trust in him to help you to do yes you fall you fail you mess up but if that's what you want to do and that's what you really desire in here what did David do David said he, he, he was a man after God's own heart but look how he sinned but the thing is is he didn't have the Holy Spirit like we do today to help him in the way that God can help us today not to sin. And so, if our desires are we want to trust Christ, and we trust him, and we believe in him, and we follow him, but if our desires, we just don't care, and we go live any way we want to, but we're saying we're going to heaven, the Bible says we're a liar, and the truth is not in us. And so he kind of says in verse 5, but whoever keeps the, his word... Truly the love of God is perfected or matured in him. By this we know that we are in him. And he's going to kind of key off of that in the next section and talk about this love, this love that's perfected or matured. In other words, this love for him that we have is matured and it grows because we're in Christ. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, we are a what? New creation, right? The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And if we really know Christ, our want-tos change, right? We used to want to go do this, and now we want to do right. We used to want to do evil, and we used to want, and now we want to do right. We don't always do it. We fail and fall and mess up, but, but we still love God, and we want to do what's right. 
Is that the desire of your heart? And if it is, then, and you've asked Christ to forgive you and save you, that shows that you're a Christian. But if your life hasn't changed, I keep hearing these people, I had a friend when I grew up. Everybody used to say, well, he's got a good heart. But he just can't get, do what's right. Guess what? None of us can do what's right until we get saved. <laughs> We're just going to keep messing up, messing up, messing up. And then even when we get saved, we still mess up because why? Because most of the time, because we want to do something we didn't, weren't supposed to, right? Sometimes we fall in a hole. Sometimes we didn't see it coming and it slaps us upside the head, right? I mean, I was riding down the road a few minutes ago and I look up and there's this guy on the side of the road walking in the dark and man, he was right there on the side of the road and I just yanked the car over. I mean, I didn't see that coming. And that's the way sin is sometimes. It, bam, you know, it's in your face and before you know what happened, you weren't ready. You weren't prepared. That's why the Bible says to lead us not into temptation. Pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so this love, is what he's going to talk about. And so let's read verses 2 through, I mean 7 through 11 in chapter 2 of 1 John. That's little John all the way back in the back, almost to Jude and Revelation and all that stuff. And he says, Brethren, I write no new, com no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is, is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he's in the light hates his brothers in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. He who hates his brothers in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So tonight we want to talk about the test of love. True Christians love others, especially God's children. So we want to talk about this love. It's new in emphasis. In other words, the thing that it, it focuses on. And so he says, brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you've had from the beginning. This is the commandment which, this is the old commandment is the word which you've heard from the beginning. So let's talk about that. So in 1 John, some of y'all know about the word love. I mean, we say the word love here in the United States, and, and we use the word, and we say, well, I love popcorn, I love football, I love basketball or baseball, I love... And then we say well, we love our, our wife or our kids or our mother or somebody like that. So is our love for basketball the same as our love for our family? No. That's not the same one, right? But we know what we mean by cause of context. But see, in the... Greek language, there were like four words for, for love. One of them was like erotic love. One was brotherly love. One was like, you know, just friendship love. And then there was the love that Jesus had for us. And as Christians, we're supposed to have for each other. This is the love that loves somebody no matter what. Agape. That's right. It's agape love. And so Philadelphia is named for, for the phileo love, which is the brotherly, the city of brotherly love, right? And so when we read about that this in the book of 1 John, this is God's love for his church, and this is the love as Christians we're supposed to have for each other. It's a self-sacrificing love, right? 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. What kind of love is that? He says a greater man has no greater love has no man than this that he lays down his life for his friends, right? Y'all know about that. Y'all know about that. But there's a love that that cares so much. It's willing to give up its rights, its privileges, the things that it wants to help somebody else, right? That's the kind of love we're talking about. We're talking about a love that loves no matter what somebody does. And that's the kind of love we're supposed to have for each other if we're Christians, and that's the kind of love we're supposed to have for people in the world. And so many times today, people are hating the people in the world. But God, Jesus, when he was on earth, he never hated the prostitutes. He never hated all these people he ministered to that were sinners. But he hated their sin and what it did to their lives. But he did not hate them. He loved them, right? And he died for them. And he died for us. And that's the kind of love we're supposed to have. It's not a hating love, but it's a love that looks at people where they are and says, I want to help you out of where you're at. It, it's a love that wants to bring us out of where we're at. You know, you, you see somebody in trouble and you love them. You, you, you love them in their sin, but you love them too much to let them stay in that sin, right? And that's the same kind of love that God has for us. He loves us so much that when he died for us, he, he saves us, he forgives us. And when we trust in him, and then what do we do? He says, now, Marty, you used to be this, and now you need to be this. But you know what? First of all, he gave me that desire when he saved me and forgave me. But then he gives me the ability to be that, right? He gives me the ability to say no to all the things I used to say yes to. I wish I had all the money they, they blew on that commercial, just say no. Anybody in here want to tell me that just say no works? Uh-uh, it doesn't, does it? It never has and never will. Uh, but I'd love to have all the money they blew on that commercial. I'd just like to have 1% of it or a quarter of a percent or a half of 1% probably. Billions and billions of dollars spent on just say no. So this commandment to love one another is not new in time, but it's in, in character. In other words, it's new in, in the way we love. Because Jesus says that as I have loved you, you love one another. How did he love them? He loved them to the end. He died for them. When he was out there and he says, they said, who, who are you looking for? He says, Jesus. He says, well, if, if you want me, let these go. And he, he, he gave himself up for them, right? He didn't want them to die, but he was dying in our place. He was dying for our sins. He was dying for all the things he knew we were going to do, no matter how bad they were, guys. Have you ever really thought about that? God so loved the world. Just think, I don't even want you to do that, but... Don't think of the things you've done, but you know where you've been. You know what you've done. I know what I've done. <laughs> and uh, I don't even want to bring them up. I don't even want to talk about them. But see, God knew all that when he died on the cross for our sins. He knew what we were going to do. He knew what we were going to be like. And yet he still loved us and died for us. That's the kind of love we're talking about. And so... Why does this commandment come like 
above everything else, head and shoulders above everything else, it's because love is the fulfillment of God's law. If you got your Bibles, just look one second with me. Keep your finger in 1 John, but turn over to Romans 13 for just a second. And look in verses 8 through 10. Well, it might help if I was in the right book. And Corinthians not. <laughs> Romans 13, verse 8 to 10. And he says right there, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves, one an loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law, right? So if you love somebody, what? You're not going to commit adultery with them, right? If you love somebody, you're not going to murder them. You're not going to steal from them. You're not going to lie about them and bear false witness. You're not going to covet their stuff. And Jesus said the whole Ten Commandments was summed up by what? The first four, like, love God. And then the last six are love your neighbor, right? He said that is the sum of the commandments, to love God and love your neighbor. And that commandment goes all the way back to Leviticus 19.18. He says you shall love you know, he said in Deuteronomy 6, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in Deut uh, Leviticus 19, 18, he says, Your neighbor as yourself. Love him as yourself, right? So this commandment's an old commandment all the way back to Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Third book in the Bible, right? That's how old it is. But it's new because God gives us the ability in the New Testament to love in a different way because Romans 5, 5 says the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. You know, I don't know if you've ever really thought about this. I heard a guy say this years ago and I thought, I didn't know what to think about it when I heard it. But did you know that you can't really truly love until you become a Christian? Because human love is based on what you've done for me or what I've done for you. You know, old song, what have you done for me lately? And if you ain't done nothing, I don't love you, right? Or if I'm mad with you, I don't love you anymore. I fell out of love with you. Or we just don't love each other anymore, right? But that's not the kind of love God has for us. If the first time we made him mad, he said, well, I just don't love you anymore. We'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? If he said, well, we, I fell out of love with you. Or you didn't do me right, so I don't love you anymore. What if he did that to us? But he doesn't. He, Hebrews 13 says he, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. When we belong to him, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And so it's new. It's an old commandment, but it's new because it's a love that never, it loves people where they're at, no matter what they're doing. Now, I didn't say you love the sin because God never loves our sin, but he loves us. The sinner, right? He loves us anyway. What's the old song? When, I, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. He knew what I was going to do. And yet he died for me anyway. You know, think about that. You know, and a child is typical of an unsaved person, you know. 
It talks about Titus 3.3 3, that we were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. All those things. I mean, there's a list over there in Romans 1.18 to the end of the chapter. is like crazy. Or actually about 26 to the end of the chapter. And one of those things talks about being disobedient to parents, right? But think about this. That when we trust Christ, he gives us a new life and a new nature and a new ability to love. Because Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is shed, apart, shed abroad in our hearts. And we love now and we're able to love people. I'm trying to find my verse here. I got a verse somewhere. I wrote it down. I'll find it in a little bit. But it talks about that, that uh, God, well, I lost the train of thought trying to find it. But. Bottom line is, is what we used to hate, we now love, right? When people used to tell me I, I, I had to do what was right and I couldn't do this anymore, I'd like, who do you think you are, right? But now I want to do what's right. I want to please God. I want to do what's right. I want to love people. Sometimes that's hard, right? Because all of us are unlovely at times <laughs> and unlovable at times. You know, no matter how sweet we are, you know, you ever met one of those people that you go, uh, what if they're that sweet all the time? There was a lady who used to live down the street from us like that, and she was just so like, almost like sickly sweet, and I just always wondered, was she really that sweet, you know? Uh, I like to have been a fly on the wall sometimes and just see if she just went off and just went ballistic, you know, if she was really that sweet all the time, but, or she, you know, and maybe she was. Some people just have that sweet disposition, and she was a Christian, you know, but anyway, so Jesus says that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? So we love in a new way. And this is an old commandment, but it's a new commandment because Jesus says, love as I have loved you, right? What kind of love is that? A love that dies for people. A love that cares for people no matter what. And reaches down and grabs people no matter where they're at, no matter what they've done. And so he says in verse 8, he says, again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So it's, it's uh, new an example. So in other words, he says, here's a new commandment, which thing is true in him. First of all, and in us, right? So uh, what kind of commandment is it? John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another, right? Jesus loved everybody. He didn't love their sin, but he loved them wherever they were at, right? So what was it what was it that uh, what was it the Pharisees used to say? Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But Jesus says, pray for those who use you and cursefully, despitefully use you and curse you and mistreat you. I mean, you ever had to do that? I used to work in a place and of course the rules weren't for everybody, but they used to swear they used to say, Well, if you get in a fight, no matter whose fault it is, both of you are gone. Well, over the years I worked there, I saw a lot of cases of that wasn't true. The buddy boys they they stayed. And the other people went, right? 
And one day this old boy, he's just accustomed me and doing, and I'm just walking off. Because I know he's one of them boys, he's going to keep his job, and I'm going to be gone, right? And back in the day, I told the guy one time, he kept egging this old boy on to me. And, he, and I said, let me tell you something, Danny. And I said, when that guy comes over here and gets in a fight with me and I lose my job before, before they can get me, I'm going to come whoop on you so you lose yours too because <laughs> you the one that started all this. Me and this boy didn't have a problem. You keep telling him all these lies behind the back, you know. Because that was before I was a believer, <laughs> you know. I didn't care back then. I was like, if I'm going, you going too. And I'm going to make sure I get that 40 feet over to where you work. And I'm going to get to you before I go, right? <laughs> but I don't feel that way anymore, you know. You got to love people no matter where they're at. You got to walk off from them, you know. That's the difference between then and then a few years later when my buddy's on the on the, uh, we're working on this assembly line thing, and, and we're up there, and he's threatening to throw the bosses off the platform, you know. And I'm up there going, whoo, that was you, Marty, about two or three years ago. <laughs> that have been you if, it, if you weren't saved now. And, and that's just the way it is. God changes you in here, right? And I'm thankful for that, you know. The Bible says love will cover a multitude of sins. Go read the, uh, what is it, 1 Corinthians 13, the whole love chapter. It says love is kind. Love doesn't hold grudges. It doesn't count, keep count, right? Holds no accounts. It doesn't start writing them down. Well, they did this, they did that, and they start writing down a list. Okay, that's I'm, I'm going to get even with him, or I'm going to remember all that stuff you did. Here's 1 through 13, what you did to me. Christ showed us how to love. Remember in 1 John 4, 8 here, he's going to go in a little bit later on. He's going to say not only is God is light in, in chapter 1, but he's going to say in chapter 4 that God is love. Not God shows us love, but God is love. Amen. That's his essential characteristic that he is love. Think about this. He, he hated all sin and disobedience, but he never hated the people that committed such sins. Just think about those 12 disciples. You know, if you've read any of your Bible, you, you've seen it and you saw how these disciples, they were like fighting over who was going to be the greatest and had to seat at the right hand and all these things all the time. And Peter was always sticking his foot in his mouth. And, and uh, yet he, he didn't run them off, right? He still loved them, right? And even, even when he knew Peter was going was gonna to walk off from him for a short period of time and and, and disavow him and say, I don't know him. He said, Peter, I pray for you that when you, when you turn back that you go and strengthen the rest of the disciples, right? He knew what he was going to do, but he says, I prayed for you. He says, this was true first in Christ, and now it's true in the lives of those who trust Christ, right? First John 4.19 says, we love him because he first loved us. But because he loved us, we love other people, right? But most of the time, as the rest of us, before we knew the Lord, we're just mean and ornery as a rattlesnake, right? I'm 
Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.